You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Today is Thursday, October 29th. It's Halloween week, Bags, although it doesn't really feel like it, does it? No. Don't forget about Cabbage Night either. I'm just picking so up some it, bags it, today. So we call it Cabbage Night. As The more people I've met over the years, there's all different names for it. It's skeleton Night. It's this night. It's that. I've, I've never heard of half the names that are out there. I don't know if it's a North Jersey thing. I I remember it's totally North Jersey thing because I've I've heard like you said I've heard a variety of names and they're all kind of like I've heard Goosey Night. I've heard all kinds of you know whacked out names for it. But I remember I was in the supermarket the other day. Me and Luca, we actually got denied buying eggs in the Grand Union. So do you remember that farm across the street from the temple? Of course. Okay, that's where we used to get our eggs. Right by Luca's house. <laughs> yeah, and I and they had a, they were like old people. They had no clue like why we were buying eggs in, in like the middle of the day on like a Tuesday. But uh, I, it, it reminded me when I was in the supermarket. I'm like, we used to get denied buying eggs at Grand Union on Chestnut Ridge Road, and it was and it was nothing you could do. And all of a sudden, we knocked on the door one day at that farm. And every time I drive by that, when I go to my mom and dad's. I think of the eggs, me and Luca. It's it's you just, hysterical. You just start laughing. Yeah, and by the way, it's supposed to snow tomorrow in Ramsey. Yeah, I, so I, I'm headed. I'm I'm leaving. I'm going right. to Florida. Exactly. I'm, I'm I'm spending the month in at my in-laws in Naples. Could not be more excited. And it, it fits right in line with me being a, a new Dolphins fan. Even though I'm on the other side of the coast of Florida, it's a short drive. I'm going to watch two of this weekend. I'm super pumped. I got to figure out the airport scene. You and I have been talking about that. I'm concerned about flying, but it is what it is. A lot of people have done it, and my mom's not happy, but I'm giving it a go. I have a feeling you might be taking the three and a half at home this weekend versus the Rams because you're going to be so so into being a, a, a new fish fan. So yeah. you might even you um, might even come back with a jersey or, or, or some kind of uh, dolphin paraphernalia. Well, you got ahead of ourselves here, but I do have the Dolphins as a pick this week. There you go. You knew it. Hey, listen, let's talk. We got a great guest on the show today. A friend of ours from high school. He's one of my fantasy buddies for the past 25 years. Um, Looking forward to that. But the World Series, Platt, I mean, what can you say? I think the best team in in Major League Baseball won. I think that's one good thing for baseball. Number two, Kershaw, uh, finally just crossed that hump. I think he needed a ring to really solidify himself. As he's going to go to the Hall of Fame no matter what, but I think this was really big for his career. They had the lineup. Boston fans, eat your heart out because Mookie Betts is the shit, and he basically proved to the world what idiots the Red Sox nation. And the Red Sox organization is because that probably is it was just killing Red Sox fans watching Mookie Betts just walk through the playoffs and own it. Yeah, but here here's my thing as a even as a Yankee fan, what was Boston going to do because they were in rebuild mode. Maybe they could have got more for Betts, but he would have been miserable there. That team was atrocious this year. At least they're getting some picks and some younger players, along with the David Price fiasco part of the – oh, Price actually is on the Dodgers now, right? But whatever that deal was, 
it was a hot mess. So, and sure. I actually read about Price, by the way, that he was, they, they were saying that he was opting back in for the 2020 season after the Dodgers won the World Series, which I found funny. But yeah. I, I get it. Like, what were they, what was Boston going to do? Obviously, nobody wants to trade a franchise player like that. And he is, in my opinion, probably the second best. We talked about this to Trout, all around player in the game. But super happy for Kershaw. Obviously, the whole COVID thing with, with, um, with the redheaded man and Turner put a little bit of a weird spin at the end yes. of that game. Uh, yeah. And what, what's major league baseball going to do? You're going to suspend Turner for five games next year. I mean, I get it. Like, can you imagine being quarantined in the seventh inning of a game and then being like, you can't go celebrate with your team. You can't be in the dugout. You can't relish in this moment. Well, Major League Baseball has a, has a tough decision. Basically, they're on their knees right now praying for a positive negative. Or, I'm sorry, a false positive. If that happens, a false positive, this thing goes away like a fart in the wind. It's done. If it doesn't come back that way, Major League Baseball is probably in the offices now going over how they're going to at least address, uh, address it. Because they can't just look away. They're going to have to do something. I don't know what if it's a suspension. I don't know if you give them 20 games next year. I don't know if you find the Dodgers. Pretty much plat. No one's going to give a shit what they do to them right now because they are in, they're, they're on cloud nine. All right. They won the World Series. Turner was great. They're not, I mean, no, nobody's going to be angry at whatever they get. Would you, would you agree with that at least? Yeah, I was going to say, I think Justin Turner, they could suspend him for the first 50 games of next season if they have a full season, and he'll take it because he wasn't going to miss that moment, and I get that. Yeah. Dude, that's what you play your whole career for. Yeah, there's so, no way you're sitting in a, in, on a couch, like, you know, watching that on a screen, having a beer. No. And I'm more, I'm more curious, like, how did they find out in the seventh inning of the game, like, somebody called down to the dugout and was like, yo, pull Turner, he's positive for COVID? <laughs> and, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not trying to say they did anything wrong, but why even do anything? Like, why not wait till the next day? Like, he's already was, been in the fucking game, and he's already been in the dugout. He's already possibly um, spread the virus. So what are you going to do by calling down to the dugout and say, hey, pull him? Well, it's, well, I mean, funny because... would, would, would they would they would they give up the win? Like they're not going to lose. So you know, part of me says, why even tell them? And part of me says, okay, you did the right thing by pulling them. But did you have to do it during the fucking game? You know, there's just weird stuff. And I get that like nobody had a game plan for how to handle what's going on right now with COVID. But you and I were texting like, why are the managers and the coaches wearing masks in the dugout? They're with these guys 24-7. They're all getting tested all the time. Like, I just, I, I can't figure out the thought process because they're older. Like, I haven't heard a definitive reason. And it, 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 same for football. And then you're finding these guys. And it's not about whether I believe or disbelieve and how you get it or if masks work because I believe they work. But it, just think about what you're doing. You have a, a manager in a dugout with 30 other players, however many it is. They're all, none of them have masks on. They're running around. He had, like it, it. Just it makes no sense to me. The only thing I could think of, Platt, would be maybe guidelines. They're just following rules. Um, but when you mentioned fined, I heard Gruden got fined a bunch of money because he was just clearly not wearing it. Um, but they have to so they can communicate. If you're standing next to a manager, like the whole time, if you're the pitching coach, you're probably standing next to the manager. You know, shoulder to shoulder most of the game. 
And like you said, they are older. So I could see them like, you know, saying, all right, we're going to stand next to each other for a good two and a half to three hours. Then we'll wear the masks. Um, the players, I mean, they can space out. You know, they could sit either. They can lean against the fence. They could sit in the dugout. So they could actually distance themselves a little better than coaches can. But uh, I agree. It's kind of stupid. But so anyway, I, I know you're a big Dodgers fan because you've you've always loved Vince Scully. So I know you were pumped. I lived I in was. L.A. for I lived in L.A. for a few years. So I watched them a lot. It, right? I got into it. I'm super happy the Dodgers won. The one thing that's driving me nuts in all of this is watching LeBron James social media game right now. Oh, God. Between that and politics, shut up, dude. You would think he lives and he's from, I should say. You would think he was born and raised in L.A. All of his tweets, championship city, yeah, L.A., best city on the planet, best teams, best sports, let's run it back, let's get four in a row. I'm like, dude, you're not, you might not even be on the Lakers in two years. Like, I just, I, I can't, he's not an L.A. guy. Yeah, he's probably going to be wearing L.A. Kings jersey in, at the, at the uh, playoffs <laughs> next year when the Kings go. And well, you never know. I mean, put it this way. He's become, you know how MJ actually got, like, some lash or, or backlash when he really doesn't get involved in the race, uh, the race card? Um, yep. He once said something, Republicans buy Jordans too. Um, he's never really been like outspoken. And guess what? Now he looks even better. I got to tell you, he's just so sharp about how he's lived his life. Um, and now what you're seeing with LeBron, he, I, I want to say he's actually embarrassing himself, like, you know, by the week, because if you just stay quiet, people will actually look back and and look at LeBron and look at all the jumping around he did and and winning titles um, with, by basically picking up a phone and say, hey, you want to go to Miami? Ah, let's go back to Cleveland. Hey, you want to go to L.A.? Yeah, I'm going to live there. Like, that's how he's winning titles. And so in the paper, when I saw Jordan, he's got six all in one city. You know what I mean? Like, he's just looking worse to me. And I don't mean to compare these two guys because I'm, I'm not I'm not really into that. Um, the greatest athletes, Babe Ruth. Okay, hands down, done. You can't even argue it. I'm not into LeBron anymore. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of liked him for a little while uh, when he went back to Cleveland. I'm like, all right, this right. is pretty cool. But now, Platt, he's annoying the shit out of me. Yeah, and they, they have pictures of him wearing Yankee hat, wearing Indian hat, wearing Dodgers hat. It's like, it's fine. We know exactly. you live in L.A. now, but you're not a huge Dodger fan. Like, it just, it, it bothers me. I want to talk about your boy. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I want to talk about your boy Trevor Lawrence before our guest comes on. Sure. So all this press comes out this week talking about maybe he should stay. A couple of veteran players weigh in say, stay at Clemson. You don't want to go to the shit show revolving door that is the New York Jets. And I I get that, but I look at Joe Burrow, right? And I look at what he's done in Cincinnati and how successful he is so far. And I know he's a rookie and he's had a great first few games. And it looks like he's got a tremendous career in front of him. And I'm not saying the Bengals are going to be a great football team, but I got to tell you, people are going to want to go play there if he keeps this role going. So I really hope Trevor Lawrence 
comes out this year if the Jets go 0-16, which they probably will, and get the number one pick, and he says, I want to be the next Namath. I want to take this on and not shy away and pull an Eli or pull an Elway or try to dictate where he goes or not come out this year because the Jets have the number one pick. I'd love to hear your take on this because I know you're a Clemson guy and a Trevor Lawrence fan. Yeah. Um, I drove Trevor Lawrence to school this morning. He was in my back, uh, back of the minivan. <laughs> so listen, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be quick because it's real simple. If you have a national title already and you're going to be the number one pick, would you opt out this year? No, he didn't. This kid is so freaking awesome, okay? Not only does he love his school, he's risking a career-ending injury by playing this year. When he has a national title, he's going to be the number one pick, and he's still playing. You know how many guys in, in college football have opted out because they, just, they don't want to get hurt and ruin their career during this crazy season? The Jets... Is, is the spot for him because he can handle it. I know he can. He's just such a great kid. And number one, a lot of people don't talk about how much money under the cap the Jets are next year. They're going to have tons of money to spend. They're going to build their whole franchise around him. By the way, he's not going back to school. Although Paul Feinbaum, who I dislike a lot, he said, shut up to Lawrence. Lawrence, he says, yeah, maybe he's just bored because he's blowing everybody out. Yeah, maybe he is bored, but guess what? He's got he's to answer this question every day. How many times have you seen a quarterback on the back page of the New York Post with um, an article inside as well about a college player? And by the way, it's October still. In a jet uniform on the back page of the New York Post. How do you how are you gonna just sit there and ignore it? Do you know what I mean? And I agree with you. He should want to be the next Namath because Namath is still the face of the franchise. And Namath even came out and said, You cannot pass on Trevor Lawrence. And guess what, Platt? The reason they wouldn't pass on him, number one, he's, he's gonna build around him, and he's the next Andrew Luck. He's a can't miss QB. He's gonna be in the league forever. And guess what? Sam Darnold is uh due money. And they are not going to give this guy a contract after going 0-16. They're moving on from this guy. As a matter of fact, if the Jets don't get Lawrence, they're drafting Fields from Ohio State. And you can guarantee that one. They're drafting a quarterback, whether it's Lawrence or Fields. Darnold is done. Well, you look at what Arizona did, right? You look at the fact that they, they drafted. How great is Murray? He's awesome. Right. Well, I know you sweat him, and he is phenomenal, and he's great to watch. But Arizona was in a similar boat, right? They drafted the kid from UCLA, who they yep. thought was going to be the next yep. great quarterback. They took Rosen. him as a pretty high pick, Rosen. And next thing you know, when new coach comes in and he's got a new vision and Murray's available at the one, he picks him. And I look at the Jets, and it's a similar situation. And it's not even anything necessarily against Sam Darnold. I don't know. We'll talk to our caller about this, but maybe they'll trade – actually – they're not going to trade him. But what are they going to get for him if they can swing a deal? If not, he goes and becomes a free agent. This is his third year, correct? Yeah. And 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 listen, I actually root for these kind of guys. And and if Darnold goes somewhere else where there's a good team around him, I think he could be pretty good. I just didn't think you can actually be the guy that, first of all, you traded, you traded your best defensive player. Now they're talking about trading Queen, Queen and Williams. So, you know, obviously they're just throwing this season into the garbage can. I don't know if this coach will be back, although 
this is clearly not his fault. There's, a, I mean, it's, it's just trash on the field, left and right. No one even wants to play. You don't see any passion. You, I mean, I'm looking forward to talking to Jim because he's a Jet fan for life, and we'll get his take on it. But it's, uh, it's a sad. It's really sad in the Meadowlands right now, isn't it, dude? <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's beyond depressing, and that's when that's when I'm happy. I'm not a Giant or Jet fan, but just living here. You can't help but feel it. Like, thank God there are no fans of these games this year. But oh. we've talked about it ad nausea. Both these teams are terrible right now. At least the Giants are putting in an effort, and they're going to win a handful of games. And I'm sure Douglas has a vision for the Jets. And I think for him, like you said, he's just got to get past this year. He's got to get the number one pick, get Trevor Lawrence, and reboot. And say, okay, here's what we're going to build the team around him. We're going to go out. We're going to get some smart wide receivers for this team. We're not going to spend a fortune to get a veteran who's going to be horrific. Like they just need to be smart about it. All right. Well, we got a special guest for us today. Longtime friend, big jet fan. We're going to talk some NFL first, then we'll get to our fantasy stories. Jim couples bags and plat. How you doing, pal? Hey guys. First time, long time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cuffs, we, Cuffs, we were just talking about the Jets. and We've had Yankee fans on. We've had Giant fans on. We're, this is our first Jet fan. So I'm going yep. to flo- give you the floor. Sum up what's going on right now and what do you see down the road? It's, it's rough, I mean, to say the least. Um, you know, it seems like the team's kind of lost confidence with Gates. They were you know, close against the Bills, and the Bills are really looking great. So that was like a bright spot, so they let it get away. They're just kind of, I think they're in one of those modes where it, it, there's going to have to be some serious changes for them to get back on the winning side. And you could see that when they obviously cut Bell loose. But I got to say, there, so much in the NFL really begins and ends with the head coach. And I don't want to um, – and you've seen coaches go places. They can turn programs around. But I don't know, the, the Jets my, – my beloved Jets seem a little bit like uh, a ship without a rudder or a map. And they're just like bouncing around the <laughs> NFL and, and giving people wins when they should get them themselves, like the Bills game last week. So, Jim, as a Jets fan, you're content and okay – with going 0-16 this year with a shot at the number one pick and Trevor Lawrence? I don't know if I'm okay with 0-16. (laughs) You know, I'd rather have a couple of wins and trade up for him. I think Trevor Lawrence is a special talent. I love watching him. So he's he's, he's something that you want it. That's, I guess, the silver lining on a terrible cloud. Um, but you got to get a couple of wins or else it's just, I don't, I think like mentally it's too much for a team. So I, I want them to get that first pick because Sam Darnold's not the answer. Um, and Trevor, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks great, but, um, but Owen 16 to me seems too much on the mentality of a team, especially one that hasn't. You know, there's, there's not exactly a long history of winning with the Jets. We haven't won a Super Bowl since 1969. And um, it, it's been quite some time since they were really competing. So 0-16 um, is too much. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Cuffs, are you okay with Adam Gase 
Uh, even if you, you know, the season's the season's pretty much over now. But are you okay with Gadam mm-hmm. Gase coming back? Although, even though the GM didn't hire him, you know, I I am. I think you've got to give him a little bit more time. Um, it stinks when you have that type of um, uh, the lack of continuity between, you know, I mean, a general manager and a coach have to work together. Practically all all championship teams, you know, they they're they're on the same page. Even if they might not be super tight, and you've seen a lot of like contentious relationships between GMs and, and coaches. But it, yeah, I, I think he deserves, or I hope they give him one more year uh, to see what he can do. Unless it's just a train wreck as it's been, and then you can fire him midseason. <laughs> so you got to give him, you got to let him finish out this season. Well, actually, let me retract that. If you if you go 0 and 16, you got to go. I just think there's there's too much of a stink on a coach at 0 and 16 to even turn it around. But if they can manage, you know, two, three, maybe even four wins, um, you know, the, the Patriots are kind of beatable this year. I hope they hope they are. Um, so they've got two games with them left on the schedule. Um, so they need a few wins, and and if they if if Gaze can do that. Then he can show something. I, I'm actually looking forward to this weekend with the Chiefs. I mean, I know that sounds crazy because the Chiefs are kind of the class of the NFL. Um, but there's a part of me that's hoping that, you know, the Jets are going to kind of understand that they're, you know, everyone's, they're, they're huge underdogs this week. <laughs> so Vegas doesn't have any faith in them. And, you know, sometimes there's that, it inspires that team to really like, you know, shove it to the bookies and, uh, and, and, you know, either win or, or play close. So I think we'll actually know more about this Jets team uh, following this weekend's game. Three and we got touchdown get underdogs, three touchdown underdogs. Is it, they are this weekend. Is it, I think it, yeah, that's it. I, I think it was a 19 and a half or 20 point. I got tw- I got I got I got twenty and a half right here, and I haven't seen a spread like that. <laughs> I don't even know if I have ever seen one. It's yeah, college, it's I know. That's, football that's, style. Yeah, <laughs> Nebraska ninety five over Baylor. That, that's that's uh, that is much more a college ball type spread, and it looked like it. I mean, it it looked like if you were to look at everything and and just approach it. You know, on um, on paper, you would say, "Well, yeah, this is like the worst team in the NFL, going against uh, the best or or maybe the second best." I think Pittsburgh's looking obviously really good this year. Um, so it, it looks like, and they're and, and the Jets are away. Well, there's another factor in there, but I don't know. Like if if we were talking about that game, and and I hope we get the chance to to chat a little bit about our picks this weekend. And I had to put money on that game. I put my money on the Jets. Staying within, you know, the 20 points. All right. Well, listen, before we get to fantasy, why don't you give us your three picks? Oh, good stuff. All right. So the first game that that I really like as far as, you know, the spread and everything else is I am liking to actually bet against um, the Niners. I can't believe that the Niners are are getting points in Seattle. I've got them – that the Niners, I'm sorry, the Niners are, are giving uh, three points to the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are going to win that game outright. Seahawks, money, Se- Seahawks, are, Seahawks are actually favored by three and a half at home. 
Oh, Steve's are going to. Oh, sorry. Well, let me let me go back there. So Steve's yeah, are I, I, I actually half. like that. I like I like the Seahawks. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the Seahawks on that too. Um, so I'll take that game. Let me think. Um, New England is playing the Bills, and obviously New England's got to be getting. What's New England getting? Three and a half points there. Bills are giving four and a half to the Patriots. Oh. It's in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. So, so then I am. Um, I'm taking. I'm taking the Bills to cover that. Um, you know, everyone's kind of piling on the Patriots and how you know <laughs> terrible they've been this year. Um, and let me think. The next game that that I really like. Um, let's see. What do you guys have on the line for the Steelers at the Ravens? Steelers are getting four and a half in Baltimore. Yeah, I think that game is going to be decided either. I'll, I'll take I'll take those four and a half points for the Steelers. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Um, we're gonna do our picks after we talk some fantasy because I got I I, I got a funny story to share with the audience. Now, me <laughs> Platt, me and couples have been doing fantasy football since. Before the internet, 1997 is when I, I started. I, I took over the township death from Drew. Um, uh-huh. This is one of the more serious fantasy leagues in the in the country. Couples flies out every year from Oregon to be at the draft yep. because because if you don't show up at the draft, you lose your team. And there's a wait list, and people have been banned, including both Pantello brothers, Marco, <laughs> um, Maradello, Fodi. There's lifetime bans. You get the Pete Rose Award. So Eddie James runs it. We got, we got uh, Miller and Marco and Beisler and uh, Benny Jens and Couples and myself. So it, in the first oh, few and, years, and Eddie, yeah, and Eddie, Eddie the Eddie's the commish. Now in the first few years, we actually had a plat, no internet. Remember, no f- cell phone. You had to leave your lineup on the guy's answering machine. Okay, answering machine. Hit play. And you had Tuesday morning, you actually had to score your own points with a pencil in the USA Today to figure out your total. Now, when I mentioned, I mean, that's how crazy it was. So when people say they've been doing fantasy a long time, nah, not longer than us. So in the, in the first few years, in Wilco Flake, we called it the shack on the tracks. It was a little, oh, yeah. VFW, little VFW hall plat by the reservoir. Okay, so it's a live draft. Everybody gets bombed. It's a great, great afternoon. Couples brings his dog one year. Okay, <laughs> so it's like mid draft. All of a sudden, everybody's like I said, drinking heavily, and the dog goes missing in a, in a, in a yeah. during a fantasy football draft. So next thing <laughs> you know, Platt, there's ten to twelve guys on the railroad tracks in daylight hammered looking for couples dog it's my favorite <laughs> ofl moment and cups i'll let you i'll let you kind of review that <laughs> oh well yeah don't bring your dog to draft that's a good idea although you know you know the, the deal with that bags is i had just adopted that dog and plat that was a full-grown uh, bull mastiff and uh, just this big you know, 130 pound bull mastiff and my sister Jackie and I were living together in Jersey City uh, when we adopted that dog. So um, I don't know. It's like having you know anything you love. You don't want to kind of you want to show it off and, and show your friends and stuff. Uh, but you shouldn't show it off at a draft. It was it will best. distract you 
and you'll end up with a bunch of people on the train tracks looking for it. <laughs> where, where, where was the dog? The dog was like on the train track, uh, probably making its way to Pearl River, right? Yeah. He was hitting Platy. He was hitting Park Pizza up up on uh, Broadway. This sounds like a dysfunctional older version of the movie Stand by Me. <laughs> there's, yeah, some, there's some very much elements that, of Stand by Me there. Yeah, that was a goocher. <laughs> and um, uh, cups. How is your actually team doing this year? Because my my season is over. It was faster than Bobby Harkavy cleared Zelda in 87. So I'm pretty much out <laughs> wearing a p- pair of white Nikes on the couch next to Muffin. Um, how's your season doing? My season's doing well. You know, I, I've, I've, I've been, you know what I did this year in fantasy is I, I, instead of going the typical route of drafting running backs early, I went for receivers. So I ended up with my team with Devontae Adams, who's great. I got Stephon Diggs, who is also just having, you know, a great season. Um, and then what I was able to do by having, you know, good wide receivers was trade for, um, also trade for running backs. So early in the year, I, I traded for McCaffrey. So I, I traded um, oh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins maybe like, after the second week or so, well, McCaffrey was injured, but I, I traded for him, and I might—I think McCaffrey—he's like an outside shot to play in tonight's game. Um, but um, but as soon as he gets back, he'll—you know—he's a monster. And then the other thing that was—that's really gratifying. Everybody knows this—is when you pick a player that you're also a big fan of theirs or the team. So I've got Russell Wilson as my quarterback, and I, I got him—I don't know—probably like third, fourth, fifth round, somewhere, somewhere kind of late. And he's just like been amazing that right return on investment for getting him that late in the draft. And I, I watch all the Seattle Seahawks games cause I'm, I'm just down here in Eugene and that's our, our closest uh, NFL team. Hey, by the way, what's going on with the, uh, not to switch to- total subjects, but what's going on with the wildfires out there? Like when you're on the East coast, you can't even really comprehend what's going on. Yeah, that was bizarre. And what happened was, um, and this was really close to me, maybe just like ten miles away from me, was there were, um, were there were wildfires, and that was due to this big windstorm. So it was kind of crazy because there was a, there was a small wildfire out in the in the forest, maybe like twenty miles or so from my house, or actually probably thirty. And then it coincided with an evening where there were like 30 to probably 50 mile per hour winds. And then all of a sudden um, you had to have like your bags packed and ready to go um, in case the fire got too close. But the, the fire was luckily, you know, it, it didn't hit that many urban areas, although there was a little bit down in Southern Oregon. But the real thing that happened with the, with the wildfires was there was the smoke that just hung around the valley um, for like over a week. And it was, it was like, it was worldwide. Some of the best of some of the worst, um, area for, um, for like air pollution, uh, just due to that smoke hanging around. So that was, you know, just another typical, like 2020 thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 like any, like anybody needed that out there. Hey, uh, Platt has yeah. a question for you actually. Yep. Well, we- what was I asking you about? Were we looking for a Harkavy story from him? Yeah. 
right. I need I need your best Harkavy story. Yeah. So so that's that's your cousin, and of course a great friend of mine. And um, you know, the thing about Harkavy is, uh, I I he's one of the people that after high school I've 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 seen more of. And the other thing that's been great is I'll see him because for about four years I worked for a company that was based in Los Angeles. So maybe like, I don't know, like every other month or so I'd have to go down there on a work trip. And I mean, I would see Harkavy just about every work trip where we would hang out and do things. Uh, the best Harkavy story and all my stories, uh, I, I'm like a positive friend, right? Like, so I, I, if there's any bad stories, I'll, I'll keep them, I'll keep them away from you. But, um, we got, we got a few, we, we got a few of those cups. So don't worry. You can stay I'm, positive. <laughs> You guys can add those. So my, my best story is, is me and Harkavy and, and Matt Wiener were all in Las Vegas, and we were there for a bachelor party, and we had the same hotel room. So this is also kind of like very revealing of our and personality. Po- and, and it's positive? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is all I tell you. For us, it is. So, so Harkavy and I, Brian Harkavy, we're, you know, we like to go out, drink beers and everything, but we're also like, I don't know, in bed by 11, midnight's like a late night. Um, so we were in, we were in our room together Sounds and then fun. we would, you know, like go out and, and hang out with everyone and go back. And then we would be up around like six or 7 AM to go to, you know, breakfast the next morning. And just about every night we would be getting up and like, you know, showered and, and out the door around 7 AM. And that was the exact same time that like Matt Wiener would be returning from I don't know the baccarat tables or whatever some some <laughs> weird like high stakes Vegas poker game. So that's just one of them. But uh, there's you know I, I've got a million Brian Harkin stories. They're, they're all enjoyable. Um, you know there's a lot of Tecmo Bowl being played at his house. Um, Platt, your aunt stocked that house with some of the best food. I distinctly oh. remember. Entenmann's donuts. Oh, oh hostess kind of, and hostess cupcakes, about, you know, sitting on the booger couch. Whole- <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming out sooner or later. Jason, uh, give me a like donut. The- <laughs> I do like the reference to uh, to, uh, to Zelda and the accomplishments there. Yeah, my, my cousin, you know, Spike Man, he used to love going to my house on Christmas and seeing what mm-hmm. board, seeing what board he was on on Super Mario Brothers on his huge TV through the windows. They, they used to get a kick out of Bobby. <laughs> he also he also used to basically get carpal tunnel from playing track and field. Remember, like the, the how you had to go back and forth on AB on the Tech Mobile controller. Yeah, well, what he had, Platt, is he had an encyclopedia and a pen cap, and he would put it on his chest, and he'd go, bup, 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 bup. and uh, that's how that's how he set the long jump record. I think I was there that day. <laughs> That's the price of success. <laughs> pen pen no, cap no, on no, the man. encyclopedia. Hey, Mossy, can you give me a coda? Now, your your cousin begs Spike. I grew yeah. up with him in Montdale. Big Jet fan. He was Jet fan, exactly. And what, what, uh, what I remember best about him is playing snow football. And uh, school would be canceled. And we would just all meet up on, on, on Mike Ranko's lawn and you know, just be like, it, it literally was like Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl with Mike Ranko. He would just, have people would fly off him while he was running with the ball. Yeah, but, I, heard, uh, I, heard, oh, yeah. I, heard, I heard Andy Brunick took some beatings on those games. 
<laughs> Andy Brunick. Yeah, probably. Um, but Mike was really the, the standout. And then, you know, me, Spike, and, and the rest of them were, were really just, um, you know, we were like just side notes in, in the Mike Rinko show. Mike Rinko was the first guy I saw with a Mark Gastineau poster in his, in his bedroom. That's right. The Rankos are other Jet fans. I'm, yep, I'm uh, subconsciously uh, getting us all together. Yeah, he had a waterbed and a Gastineau poster. I was like, what the, what's going on here? <laughs> and and, and by the way, the, 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 the Rinko dog is legendary. He used to ring the doorbell when he wanted to come in. That's a, that's a true story. Rusty? <laughs> yeah. That is true. peak 80s. Well, listen, cops. So, so thanks so much for giving us a few minutes today, going back in time. Uh, good luck yep. the rest of good luck the rest of the season on fantasy, and uh, we look forward to our next conversation. Hopefully, uh, you get the number one pick, and you can look forward to next year, pal. But great coming on with us. Thank you. Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, like, of course, I, I've, I've told bags. I, I actually, I, I love listening to this, and I'm also keeping track of your guys' picks. So it's fun to get part of be part of that. At least someone is, Pat. <laughs> I know, right? We're awful. <laughs> All right, cops. Thanks talk a lot, to, buddy. Talk to you guys soon. All right, take care. Bye. Wow. So, Bax, wow. one of the things that, that was thing <laughs> I wanted to ask couples was yeah. that because we're talking about the Jets yeah. and obviously the rivalry with the Patriots is huge. So, where where? Does this net out right now? Because what happens if Brady goes on and takes Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl, whether they win or lose? What happens if he gets there and New England finishes this season at seven and nine or six and ten? Does it diminish Bill Belichick at all? And on and on the other side of that, does it make Brady even more legendary? And I know he's got a lot of tools and he's got a lot of toys around him and they have a very good team in Tampa. But look at what's going on right now. All right, so if if Belichick, I, I'm putting all the blame on him because Platt, they don't have a team up there, and guess who's picking the players? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick to me, and I and I know he's got the most rings, but you know, the fumble with against the Raiders in the snow, Marshawn Lynch, that shouldn't that shouldn't have been a, a Super Bowl. Marshawn Lynch from the one, and they throw it, he gets a Super Bowl. Atlanta Falcons. Up twenty-four to three, they shit the bed. He wins another Super Bowl. He's just the luckiest guy in the world. And for, and I hate to say this, but I'm loving watching them struggle up there without Brady. Not that I was a Brady fan, but that I, you almost see that Brady must have seen something that said, "Hey, dude, you know what? I want to win another ring. And I don't think this team's going anywhere." So, know what he did? He got the hell out of Dodge, Platt. And he's, as we said before, a lot of players are just going where they can get a title in other sports. I think that was a clear, clear decision that Brady made that said, you know what? This team sucks. And guess what? If Brady was there, it, they wouldn't be like, you know, still good, Platt. He, he, Belichick has no players up there. They suck. Their starter got benched. And to tell you the truth, I, I, don't, I don't know if Newton is... Uh, is is his old self MVP type player? I just don't see it. So this does it, this is gonna he's gonna take a little hit um, to answer your question. Yeah, I kind of wish he would have he would have left after they won their last Super Bowl and even Brady at the time, and they just went their own ways. But 
he stayed on and we'll see if people end up remembering this but let's get to our picks because i actually have the uh well, I don't have the Pats in here anywhere, but I have Brady and the Bucks involved well, at least, here. So. Uh, at, at least you have the, uh, the spreads. Couples didn't even have the spreads. We're gonna have to uh, have to talk to them talk about to them. that. Yeah, you know, that, that, I mean, you got to come on the show. You got to be prepared. Come on, Platt. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So I'll, I'll go. <laughs> I'll run through mine real fast this week. Um, I'm picking. I'm taking the Dolphins, who are playing the Rams, because right. two is my boy now, and I'm I'm a Finns fan. So yeah, I'm taking the it. Dolphins. The Raiders, I think they're – are they giving the Browns three points? Did I see that correctly? Browns I'm ta- are, are, get, are giving three. Yeah, so I'm taking the Raiders. Yep. And then I don't know why. I, I, I just feel like whenever Tom Brady enters a giant game, it doesn't end up great for him. And they're giving him ten points. I'm taking the G-Man. You know, that's a good point, Platt. Brady – has never really done that well against the Giants, whether it's in the Super Bowls, 0-2 in a regular season. He's had trouble with the rush, and who knows, maybe the Giants show up on Monday night with uh, an empty stadium. All right, that's it, Pat Platt. Um, okay, I'm going to go the first pick, the Browns at home giving three to the Raiders. I'm going to go against you on one. Okay. Second, se- uh, by the way, I'm all home favorites this week for some reason. Usually I'm home dogs. Ravens at home, given four and a half to the Steelers. Uh, for some reason, the Steelers, who are 6-0, and I'm not sure why they're getting four and a half. I think that's a little high. So something's up with that line. Um, I don't know if there's any injuries, but for, for an undefeated team to be getting four and a half, that's a little strange to me, so I'm going Baltimore. And then lastly, I'm going to take the Seahawks at home, given three and a half to the Niners. I've I've been trying to pick on the Niners, but they've been they've been just really really good on the ground. They're running the ball right down people's throat. I, 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 but for some reason, I'm just not giving them enough credit. So once again, Cleveland at home given three, Ravens at home given four and a half, Seahawks at home given three and a half. Those are the picks for this week. Bags and Platt. That's that. Great show, buddy. All right, buddy. Looking forward to the next one.